0: life-giving church this is our little theme song that you're in in the background and uh it helps us anything you do rating the podcast sharing it all that stuff helps the word get out we're not trying to build the name of a church we're trying to build the name of jesus in our little local community and if you found this i hope it's useful to you thank you let's listen now come on we're joining together for the guest speaker it's pastor marcus hayes He um, went to school with Pastor Luke at Moody Bible Institute. He's the lead pastor at Crossroads Baptist Church near Houston, Texas. And he's a husband, and he's a father of three daughters. So let's give it up for Marcus Hayes. Amen. Amen. Church, how y'all doing this morning? Stay, stay on your feet. I want to I do one thing. I know it is gray outside, amen, but let me, let me just do one thing. If the Lord has done anything for you, if he's done one thing for you, we do this at Crossroads, and it's kind of our praise party. We have praise parties. So if, if the Lord has done one thing for you, I mean, I know right now the fact that I'm speaking, and you're standing and fanning and, and uh, looking at the bald head preacher, he's done something for you. In other words, you're breathing. Amen. You're seeing. If he's done one thing for you, I want you on a count of three to let the King of kings and the Lord of lords know how good he is. One, two, three. Come on, good news. Come on. 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 Don't, Don't play church on me this morning. Don't be too cool this morning. I'm talking about the risen Savior came through 42 generations to redeem and save you and I, so good morning, you can go and have a seat, man, I'm, I'm honored to be in your presence this morning, uh, man, I, I want to thank you uh, and, and Luke and the McDonald family, his wife and the boys and the leadership here, it's an honor to be here, I mean, I, I've journeyed with Luke, he's a dear friend of mine for some years now, uh, all the way back when I had hair, amen. And so, uh, But yeah, it's been, it's been a journey, and so I'm grateful for him. He's a great pastor. He's a great husband, father. He's a great leader. Uh, he's he's a, a sharp thinker, one of the sharpest thinkers, I believe, in our culture today. And so I want to encourage you, man, to wrap your arms around the vision and the heartbeat of this church, uh, and then invite people to be a part of some good news. Amen? Amen. Well, just for a little bit, I want to bother uh, your, your hearing just for a little bit in regards to... I know we're in the Christmas season and this brings, this brings tension, it brings, uh, I wish I would have done some things differently in this year, this past year, I wish I'd be experiencing something different. Maybe, maybe it's just you're looking at this year going, man, what makes this Christmas season and the birth of Jesus different than any other year? I think for the church today, many of us, we, myself included, uh, we, we allow this season to be just something of the norm. And I truly believe this year, God, and every year, but God desires to do a fresh birth, a fresh start. Everybody say fresh start. Fresh start. He desires to do something new. And, and this newness is not necessarily new to him. It's just the, rea- it's the reality of us realizing how good it is. It's like myself. I was going on a diet uh, not too long ago. Y'all may say, man, okay, I once played football, college football, okay. And so you can't tell, amen, that's why you were, black. Black is deceptive, amen. So <laughs> it hides everything. And so, but here it is. I went on a diet. And I went on this diet, man, and I tell you what, man, I was on it, man. I, I went on an all-fruit diet, Steve, all-fruit diet. My wife, she was like, I'm cheering for you, babe, go ahead and do it. And so uh, I noticed something after two weeks of doing a diet. I was still gaining weight. I was bamboozled, man. I was floored. I was messed up, and I said, "Man, babe, what's going on? Man, why am I, why am I not losing? I mean, fruit, fruit is good for you." She said, "Babe, you've been doing it all wrong. You see, you've been eating strawberry shortcake. (laughs) You've been eating lemon meringue pie. You've been eating my nemesis, banana pudding. Come on, go with me here, guys. (laughs) you've been eating uh, straw. You've been eating the wrong type of fruit. And here, let me let me tell you this morning." It's what our writer is going to say in Colossians. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 2. The writer Paul is going to challenge the church in Colossae, but us as well as we go into this new season, the season of newness, it's not necessarily the ingredients, it's what we try to add to it that changes the nutritional value of what God has already placed before us. So here's what I'm saying. The nutritional value of The fruit had been compromised once I started adding stuff to it. Come go with me this morning. The the fruit needed no extra additives. It didn't need anything extra to to allow uh, this diet that I sought to be a part of to change my life. It didn't need anything, but yet I added stuff to it. And so here's what Paul is saying. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7, Paul highlights for you and I, hopefully some of us for a fresh start, a new season, this, this Christmas season, uh, don't add to the Christmas season. Don't add to God's theology. Duology is the, the fruit of understanding theology. Transformation is the demonstration that the information has actually taken root. Transformation, and many of us in this room, I'm preaching to myself this morning. Many of us in this room, we want to be transformed. Anybody want to look different than yourself now? You don't want to treat people the way you treat people. You want to love your spouse differently. You want to, you want to be a light. You want to be uh, you want to be a voice and a beacon in this community. You want to look different. Transformation is a demonstration that the actual information has taken root. And so Paul is telling this young church in Colossae, he's saying this. Hey, I want you all to know something. There's some haters on the outside trying to cause you to add some stuff to the gospel. And you don't need to add anything to the gospel. The gospel is set all by itself. It's, it doesn't need anything to sustain it. And so if you have your Bibles again, let's just go ahead and read this. The Bible declares in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, "Therefore, hmm, Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, Just as you were taught. Oh, and by the way, this last clause, abounding in thanksgiving. You see, duology is the fruit of understanding true theology. I believe many of us in the room, myself included, I like to include myself in sermons. I don't just preach to people. I like to preach it to myself first. There's times when I think that I know better than God. Anybody in the room? There's times when I go into circumstances and seasons where I say, God, let me massage this to make it look a little bit better so it's not as hard on me. I don't have to suffer as much. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Uh, just trust the gospel. Uh, if you want to be transformed, this is what it's going to look like. And so here it is. Paul says to this young church, there are haters on the outside, haters. We all know what haters look like. You just keep living if you don't know what a hater look like. Haters just hate. They just, they wake up in the morning and they just hate. They they, they, they drink hater ray. They don't drink orange juice. I'm talking about they don't want to see your best, they don't have your best interest in mind. They don't want to see you grow. They don't want to see your family succeed. They don't want to see you walk and experience what the gospel intends for you to experience. They don't want that. They want to hate. They want to bring you down. This is what the people on the outside of this church in Colossians was doing exactly in our context this morning. They wanted this young church to add to the fruit of the gospel. They, they wanted them to believe something different. And by the way, this is nothing new. This culture is known as the Gnostics in this immediate context. Now, for us, you may say, well, I don't, we don't have Gnostics running around. Well, there's new forms of Gnosticism. So in essence, what I'm saying is there's a syncretized uh, approach to the theology here. They were saying, if you want to really experience Jesus, if you want to really have a true encounter, if you really want to be transformed, you need to add some things to the gospel in order to really experience this Jesus that you say you believe in. And Paul, in his dank cell, come on, the Holy Spirit is with me now. The, the, the writer, he says, chained to a guard, he goes, No, let me step in and write to them to encourage their hearts. To let them know you have all you need in Jesus Christ. You, you and I, this, this season, this, this new Christmas season, you don't need to add anything to it. Jesus is all you need. I know we hear that preached a lot, but it's true. And Paul says, therefore, notice this. This is one of the most profound books when it comes to Christology. Christology is the study and the work and the nature of Jesus Christ. What he came to do, God in flesh, this is why we celebrate this season. God impressed, but, but only that, he, he died for us, but he also rose again, and by the way, as we celebrate Advent, Advent is the coming, the first coming, but really, Advent embedded in Advent is also, he's coming back. Amen. So this grand Jesus, therefore, Paul goes, I know the haters on the outside is telling you to add other things, and by the way, we like to add our own selves to it. How many of y'all like to say, Lord, I, I want to follow you, but I really want to follow my will? But I want you to stamp your approval on it. Anybody ever been there? Can we talk this morning? Can, can, can we just have a dialogue and a conversation this morning? Amen. This is how I do it at the church where I'm at. I love to conversate with the people. See, the gospel, y'all can say amen, by the way, because preaching and amens go together. Amen. amen. I know I don't look like Luke, but we, 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 we're the same brothers from a different mother. Amen. Here it is. But here it is. I'm just saying, the the writer was saying, don't don't, don't buy in to what the culture is saying on the outside. The culture today is saying, believe in yourself. That This is true. This is right now as I'm preaching in this beautiful church, the culture right now in the form of Gnosticism is saying this. Well, follow your heart. Anybody ever heard that? The last time I checked, it was, man, the Bible says if we follow our hearts, our hearts are deceitfully wicked. They're black and darkened. No one understands them but the, the one who created them. He knows exactly what we're thinking. The culture outside is also saying this. Well, uh, look within and find the best you. Be the best version of you. What is that? I mean, I can get up every single day, look in a mirror, and if I'm not surrendering to the work of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, I am going to look more like myself. I'm going to look like a, a functional atheist. In essence, I'm going to say I believe and I want to rep Jesus Christ. But in essence, in my actions, my duology, following and trusting theology is what Paul is telling him. Follow good theology. Follow the fruit of the gospel. Follow what Jesus has already laid before you. Don't add anything to it. And so here it is. When I wake up in the morning, I want to look like a new Marcus Hayes. So hopefully when I lay my head down tonight, when I land in Houston, hopefully I look a little bit different. And Paul is saying, therefore... Y'all, don't you listen to them. There's going to be haters at your job. Don't you listen to them. There's going to be haters in your own family. Don't you listen to them. I'm not saying that we don't minister to them. Don't, Don't misunderstand me. But I am saying, don't you feed on the ideology and apply it to the gospel. Paul says, therefore, this Christ I've been talking about, man, he's before all things, he's preeminent. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is why the therefore is therefore. Any Bible students in the room? The therefore is therefore reason. So as a hermeneutical uh, step and process, we must discover what is therefore. So in essence, if you want to draw on your Bible and write in your Bible, you can. If you draw on your Bible, you're not going to go to hell. Amen. <laughs> Some people are like, oh, man, I got my Bible and I put it back in the box when I get it. Man, that person, I don't know about that person. Man, You better, your Bible ought to look a little bit toe up. Amen. <laughs> Writing your Bible. So here it is. Paul says, hey, if you want to, good news today, draw arrows to the previous context. I want to sound the alarm of the gospel and allow the gospel to scream louder than the culture. And I want you to understand what you have in Jesus. He is the preeminent one. He's God before time. He is God, the self-existing one. He's the one who doesn't need anything to exist. He he exists within his own self. He doesn't need air, water, and things like we need. No. Paul is saying he he is the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. That includes you. Think of that. Notice this next part. And he is... Before all things and in him all things hold together. This is verse 17 in chapter 1. Have you ever thought about what's holding you together? The reason you haven't lost your mind is because God is holding you together. And Paul just wants him to know, look, your, your activity in Jesus doesn't lead to identity. Your activity for Jesus, looking busy, doesn't lead to identity. That's a shaky foundation. That's another dynamic within the culture. The culture would say, if you look busy doing things for Christianity or in Christianity, then there's your identity. No, Paul's saying, hey, church, I want you to know something. Your identity in Jesus is is the fact that you are now a son and a daughter of him. It's by grace through faith. And now, here's the deal. Your identity is going to lead to actually activity. Duology is always a fruit of good theology. He says, well, therefore, what are you saying? I want you to remember. Remember your Genesis experience. Remember when you first heard the gospel. How many of y'all remember when you first heard the good news of Jesus Christ? I I don't know where you were at. Maybe you were strung out on something. Maybe you were at a a corporate office. Maybe uh, you were at wit's end. Maybe you you hit rock bottom. I don't know where you were at, but I know something to be true about all of us. When we heard the good news, it did something to our hearts. It began to melt the, the, the hardness of our hearts. It began to penetrate some spaces that we thought we were hiding, yes, from other people, but yet the God who sees all and knows all saw straight through it, and he sees our need. And the gospel wooed us in. I love that language. He wooed us. It's like when I try to woo my, my wife when I start dating. Amen. I didn't have much. Amen, y'all. I had a broke-down church van. Amen. In the inner city of Chicago. I Had a broke-down church van. The church bought it for me. Man, I couldn't really stop at red lights. I had to like cruise through them because if I stopped, the engine—if I stopped, the engine stopped. Come on, go with me. I mean, I'm talking about I was PO fam. I was PO. I couldn't even afford the other O and the R. <laughs> I was PO, but I was trying to woo my baby. But isn't it amazing that she wasn't wooed by what I had? She was wooed by. The fact that I love Jesus. I wonder in this room this morning if you're trying to woo Jesus with what you have. I wonder if you're trying to woo Jesus in the sense of, man, God, I'm in church this morning, so I'm doing you a favor. No, you're not. You're not doing God a favor because you're sitting in the house of God. You see, duology, God has a greater plan for your life. Hear me say this. He wants to take you places that you've never been before. He wants to do things in you that you never thought can happen in and through you before. And Paul is saying, don't let these people on the outside cause you to not remember. It's amazing because when you remember, it does some things. You see, the enemy, Satan, we have a real enemy, y'all. Satan wants us, and he likes to point out the crimes in which we did in the past. You see, but God wants to point to the cross. Satan points to the crimes. God points to the cross. Do I, have an, do I have a witness in the house this morning? That's what Paul says, remember. Stay, remember what happened. Remember what happened. Remember the transformation. Remember how your heart was melted by the gospel. Remember. You see, God likes to talk about his mercy, but Satan likes to talk about our mess. Come go with me here. That's why Paul wants us to remember. That's why Paul wants you to remember this morning. You see, the enemy likes to talk about your mistakes, but God points out or points us to the Messiah. Messiah. So this morning, Paul is saying, therefore, remember, just as you received, look at the language. Therefore, previous context, Christ is before all. He holds all things together. You're completely satisfied and fulfilled in him. All you need is in this preeminent one, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. Don't add none to it. But he says, therefore, as you receive, this is a compound word. It's a compound word in the Greek. It means "para" is the prefix, "lambano" is the suffix. Now, y'all didn't come from a grammar. Y'all didn't come for a grammar lesson, I know. But it's very intriguing that Paul would use this term. Now, I know I'm in Chicago, and I know that uh, Justin Fields is not getting a job done. Uh, come go with me. Don't act like you, you know, Don't act like you think that there's some hope. There ain't no hope. Amen. Uh, so Paul uses this term in the midst of the context. Haters hating. Hey, young church, add extra stuff to make it look extremely spiritual, to make it look as if you're transformed. Add some other stuff to really get to the heart of this relationship with Jesus. No, 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 no. no. He said, just as you receive, therefore, look back. But also you receive. Para means to bring to one side. I wish I had a football. To bring to one side. And then uh, lombano means to receive. So what Paul is saying, this is a very football town. I know Luke, he taught football and, and coached football. And so, but here it is. Paul is saying, you've power Jesus. Mm. You've power Jesus. Here, here it is. I played a lot of football. And since Pop Warner football, they teach you to catch the ball and bring it here. Catch it, bring it here. Plackety, plow. Boom, bang. Like since day one. I'm not kidding with y'all. I got pop. Bring it here and keep it here. Here's what Paul is saying. You, you power Lombano, Jesus Christ. He brought you in via the cross, via his birth. Now what you ought to do is keep him close. All the years I played defensive back, corner, I never, guarded a receiver, stay with me here. I never seen a receiver catch the ball and then run down the field like this. It doesn't make any sense. Stay with me. I want to preach the text just plainly. And it's crucial that Paul uses this term, power in the context when, when the haters were trying to get them to do some other things and caused them to fumble. You see, when you keep Jesus close, it's hard to fumble. You see, a dirty Bible leads to a dirty life. A dusty Bible leads to a dusty life. Paul is saying, don't hold Jesus far off. How do you know if I'm holding? Pastor, help me. How do I know if I'm holding Jesus far off? How do I know this? You know this when you can sip on Seagram's gin on Saturday night and walk into the house of God like ain't nothing wrong. Can we go here tonight? Can we go here, guys? Can we go here? I know it ain't tonight. I'm just, I'm preaching. I just, that's the old preacher talk. Can we go there, though? You know you're holding Jesus far off when it's porn, but yet praise. You know it's, we're holding Jesus far off when, help me Holy Spirit, when we love the forgiveness of Jesus, but feel like we don't need to give it to other people. We're holding Jesus far off. You know that you're holding Jesus far off when it's more about your agenda, and then Jesus, let me fit you into my calendar. This is holding Jesus far off. I can keep going on and on and on and on. And Paul is saying, don't do it, church. Good news, don't you do it. Keep him close. Power, Lundbano, plackety plow. Everybody say plackety plow. Plackety plow. Y'all didn't think y'all going to be saying plackety plow in church. hey Amen, right? He says, remember. You see, remembering entails this. It's a specific item or a specific time in history of information from the past. And what it is, Paul is saying, I want you to remember God's grace, remember that salvation, and salvation really means, if you pour acid on it, it means deliverance. Remember how the Lord, he delivered you. That's not it, but Paul says, I want you to respond. The text says, therefore as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, notice you didn't receive just anybody. You didn't receive just anybody. You didn't receive a religion. Notice guys, look at the text. Can we pop that back up? You didn't receive a, a denomination. You, you didn't receive a program. Stay with me here, y'all. Somebody need to hear this. No, what you received is Christ, Jesus, the Lord. The order is very strategic. In that, he's saying, I want you to, you receive para lumbano. The culture is saying a lot of stuff, but you plackety plow. You receive Christ, the one who was prophesied about in the Old Testament. He's the anointed one. He was the one that all the prophets knew, that that the the anointing of the beard of Aaron, he would would be the one that was going to be the anointed one to pull off what we couldn't pull off. He was going to be the one that was going to come through 42 generations that every single prophet prophesied about, and that all the imagery in the Old Testament was a shadow in regards to the full picture when Jesus is born. He's he's Kyrios. He's he's Christ. he's, He's Christos. He's the prophetic one who was prophesied about. So you didn't receive just anybody. You didn't just receive. Come on, go with me. But you received Jesus. Ah, the Messiah. The one who knows your deepest thoughts. The one who desires to, to save you even before you knew you were a sinner. You needed salvation. The, the one who said, I'll be willing to I'll be willing to step down and out of eternity into time and put on flesh to redeem mankind. As Romans 5 and 8 would say, that Christ demonstrated his love. He showed his love towards you this morning, towards me, to everybody in this area. He demonstrated it by dying for us. Even while we were yet sinners, we didn't even know what we were doing. I, love the, I, love, I like my little soundtrack in the back. That's, that's fire. here it is. Christ, Jesus, and he says the Lord. He sent the self-existent one. He sent the one that doesn't need anything. And the one who spoke everything into existence. The one who screwed the stars in their fiery sockets by night and tells the sun to rise in the morning. He said, this is the one, the one who, who gave the, the quickness to the cheetah and the burp to the frog. This is He's talking about this. Look, look how God, look how Paul uses this argument and the order in which he uses it to debunk the arguments of the haters. He said, look, young church, you don't receive anybody. You receive the one who holds all things together. He can hold you together too. So power lumbano. He says, but now we got to respond. He says, notice this. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, I want you to walk in him. That's your response and my response. Walk in him. You see that? Look at the the text. Look at the text. Y'all see that? I wish I had a little little highlighter or something. I should have had it all bold. So walk in him. That's our responsibility. He says, remember, we don't need to add anything to the gospel, but remember what Jesus has done for you. You didn't receive just anybody. You received a special one. Uh, But but we got to walk in him. Walking entails a destination. Walking entails progression. Walking entails repentance. This is a, a unique part about this text because Paul is saying, if you and I are walking in him, that means we're in relationship with him. If we're walking with him, that means he's taking us somewhere. Come on, help me. If we're walking in him, that means he's going to hold us together. But not only that, if we're walking in him, that means he's not done with my life. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus is not done with you yet? See, we give up on him, but he don't give up on us. Now I'm ready to have, where the church mama's at in the house? I'm ready to start, now you're gonna, right, so we're we'll going to start preaching now. Aren't you glad that we don't treat Jesus like, well, uh, he, he doesn't treat us like we treat him? So here it is. It's just walking in him. It's, it's the picture of surrendering to the, the spirit. It's like being at an airport. What are those things called when you're walking with your luggage and you get on a little walkway that move? What is that thing called again? The moving walk. Somebody say moving walk? Fair? Are you confident with that? Is that your final answer? Are you good? Moving walk. Amen. The moving walk. I've I've had people say segue. It ain't no segue. But here it is. The moving walk. One day I was in Atlanta. And this guy in a suit, I was in my normal attire, man, just some jeans, a shirt, and some J's. And here it is. This guy in a suit. He was on a destination, going somewhere. I was too. Had my bag, ready to do what I had to do. He looked at me. It was like an old western movie. So he chose. He chose the the what'd you call it? The the moving walkway. Amen. That's a good answer. He chose the moving walkway. I chose just working with the carpet. So here it is. We're walking, we're walking, and as we're progressing, Steve, check this out. I'm noticing that this guy's on the moving walkway, but he's progressing extraordinarily faster than I am. Now I'm intro to jogging. I'm trying to catch up with the guy. He beats me to the end. I look at him at the end, he'd look at me and go, I said, man, you better hold on, brother. I know we're in the airport, but I, we'll go there. We're from the shoulders. Anybody, I'm sorry, I'm not. I am from the inner city, so forgive me. So here it is. The picture is this, is that Paul says, walk in him. Stay with me, church. When we don't walk in him, we experience what I chose. Fleshly efforts. We don't, we don't really, I'm telling you, this is whether trying to be a better husband, be a better wife, um, be, be God honoring in your singleness, even as a child. It doesn't matter. It's, I mean, th- this is... Man, be a better kingdom citizen on this side of heaven. It doesn't matter. When we choose this and and work with the carpet and not the moving walkway, we we forfeit the spirit of God and what God wants to do to take us further than we can go in and of our own self. Y'all see this? So let me wrap this up because they came up pretty early. Amen. Got y'all back there. But I like it, though. Gotcha. Paul says walk in them. That's your responsibility. So maybe you're wondering, man, my, my, my walk with Jesus is not where, it's not fiery hot. And today, the Spirit of God is saying, walk with me. Literally, he's saying, walk with me. Don't, don't choose this way. There's a lot of stuff on this side, I do understand. But he's saying, will you trust this way? And my way always looks different. God is saying his way, we just read the text this morning. And are you willing to walk with him to places that you thought you would never go? If God says for you to up and move and go to do missions overseas, will you go? It's part of walking with him. Will you walk with him for that in-law or that family member that doesn't love you, that's dissing you? Are you willing to walk with him even in that? Come on, go with me here. Because if not, you're adding stuff to the gospel. Uh, He says, then you reflect. Therefore, your power Barnabas, remember the good news. Remember the gospel, the euangelion. Good news, good news. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted, he says, and built up in him and established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, Paul is reiterating as we wrap up. We don't need to add anything to the gospel. Just as you were taught. The simplicity of it. Jesus. God stood in eternity passed. The triune God stood in the essence of his own being, something we can't really fathom in our minds, that there was no starting point for God? No. This great, eternal, self-existing God knew you. And even before the fall, God had a plan. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, the Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world. So this great God who had a plan for us, knowing that we will try to do it on this side, we will try to work with the carpet, steps in the time, he's born, he lives, he dies. But he gets up on the third day. Jesus lived the life that we were supposed to live, and he died the death that we were supposed to die. And this grand God is saying today, parolambano me. We receive me? It's not works that save you. It's not activity. It's none of these things. It's it's really just saying, here I am. Here I am. I did this in 1990 in, in Fresno, California. Surrendered my heart to him. He's saying, will you do that to me? And so you reflect. Remember, respond, and reflect. You know, I love a good movie with a twist. I love a good movie with a twist. I don't watch Lifetime movies or Hallmark movies. I'm not going there. Amen. If, if you watch Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies, I'm going to pray for your salvation. Amen. So but because the Hallmark movies, they all in the same way. Follow your own heart, right? The good I mean, just, just, come on. That's not real life. But I like the good movie, the movie with a twist, when the babysitter is like really nice when she comes to the door. You know, they checked her out online. They got a little resume, and there she's checked out. She's babysat for other people, and they get to the, 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 the spearman's home, right? And here it is, and she turns out to be a killer. You know what I mean? A good twist. You didn't see it coming though. Showed her a little brown, little paper bag lunch. Y'all see her. But in that bag was a double-edged sword or some junk, right? Here's a twist in the text. Ah, duology. That means the theology that we know to be true about God. God is saying, I didn't go through all of this for us to sit and be just comfortable Christians. I've given you everything you need for life and godliness. I've given you everything you need to walk with me. I've given you everything to experience on this side. Substantial, I mean supernatural things but you gotta walk in me. It's in a relationship. So here it is. The twist is this. The active voice in this text is, in other words, active voice means what we're supposed to do. It's just walk in him. Walk in him. The second is to abound in thanksgiving. Bookends, walk in him. God's going to do the rest, and we we just give him crazy praise in thanksgiving. The passive voice, in other words, God is going to do this on our behalf, is the terms rooted, look at this, built up and established. So we walk, he roots you, he builds you up, and he establishes you. I hope y'all see this. It's not as if we got to add stuff to it. God has already did the work. He's already accomplished what we can accomplish. So I'm an, I'm excited this morning for many reasons. I'm going to tell you this because I know this. When you do this, when you trust in the Lord, I know that he will, he'll do it. How many of y'all know he'll do it? He'll do it, he'll do it. And J.I. Packer said this as we close. This is a wise man said that the Christian life is like three a three-legged stool. You need the legs of doctrine, experience, but practice, duology, which is obedience. And and you will not stay upright unless all three are there. I'm telling you, what Paul is telling us this is he's telling us this morning is this. That if you want to if you really want to experience like a first century Christian life resurrection, Anastasia power type of life. Here are the ingredients. Power Lumbano. Walk and give thanks. Because I know he'll do it. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work within you. Do you believe it? He'll do it. We're done now. He will do it. I've seen him do it time and time again. His sacrifice took you from doom to gloom. He'll do it. He'll do it. I I know you're saying, oh, oh, this brother's starting to preach, or oop, I just might, amen. I'm not going to walk the pews, amen, but we're going to go there. But here it is. Won't he do it? Say, won't he do it? He will. He will take you from darkness into his marvelous light. He will do it. Won't he do it? He'll take you from a child of God and redeem you and set you apart. Won't he do it? He'll forgive you of your sins, and he'll make you brand new. We don't serve a duct tape God. He literally makes you brand new from the inside out. He will do it. He'll do exactly what he said he would do. He will do it. He'll fill you when you're empty. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll give you hope and despair. Come go with me. He'll give you peace and chaos. He'll give you mercy for your misery. He'll lead you in your losses. I hope somebody hear me this morning. He'll give you joy for today and bright hopes for tomorrow. He will do it. He'll give you joy unspeakable. He'll pick you up when you're down. He'll give you sight and your blindness. He will lead you. He will lead you in your plotlessness. He'll give you direction when you don't know where you're going. He will do it, church. That's why I'm excited to close and say this, that the tomb is empty. It's another reason to establish in the faith that it's final. It's a legal term. Paul knew what he was doing. It's done. It's done. It is finished. The Bible says in Luke that when Jesus rose from the grave, that Jesus, uh, he folded his grave clothes. read that before. What's interesting in the Jewish culture, we're done. So if you ate at somebody's house, y'all know this, some of you know this, some of you may not, but it's very intriguing. If you ate at someone's home and if you were done with the meal, you would literally just ball it up, the napkin, place it on the table, the place where you eat, and you would just, just leave. If you're at somebody's house in a Jewish culture and you fold it up with it, on the table it was a symbol that you're not done but that you're coming back. it's amazing that God would say this to the servant Luke even through Paul Established, good news he's coming back won't he do it he'll do it father we thank you Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that we don't add anything to the gospel. You don't need anything added to it. So forgive us in this house when we try to add things to you. We're fulfilled in you. We have everything we need in you. So for somebody in this room, you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I want to encourage you this morning that surrender your heart to him. Give your life to him today. Say, Jesus, I'm coming to the end of myself. I've tried to navigate this thing by myself. I've been the Jack Sparrow on my own ship. So today I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering my heart. I'm turning from my sin, by ways, and I'm turning to this great Messiah, Jesus. In fact, he lived the life that I was supposed to live, and he died the death that I was supposed to die. He rose again on the third day. He's finished. So today is the day of salvation, and for some of us, you need to surrender today He's saying, trust me, walk in me. Is that you? For the rest of us, we've been holding Jesus far off. Mm-hmm. This, this is what makes this season different than just a normal Christmas season. Will you bring him in? He brought you in when he came into the world. So Lord, today I pray for the rest of the saints that we will power and you. Help us, oh God, to live kingdom lives knowing you came once but you're coming again help us to walk in you and to give up thanksgiving to abound in thanksgiving until you return It's in jesus name we pray this has been the good news neighborhood podcast thank you so much for listening i hope you've enjoyed the song i hope it's been helpful to you we'll see you again soon this is good news